What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Founders Journal. I'm Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Today, we are talking about founder personal finance. My buddy Ankur Nagpal is the founder and CEO of Carry, a business that helps business owners build wealth in a number of ways, most notably with their solo 401k product. Ankur is probably the smartest person I know as it relates to tax strategies and wealth preservation tactics for entrepreneurs. So on this episode of the podcast, he runs through everything from the QBI deduction for business owners to what business type like LLC, C-Corp, or S-Corp is most advantageous, how to deduct your home office, and the power of a solo 401k, as well as much more. If you're like me and you don't know the ins and outs of personal finance and tax, specifically specifically for entrepreneurs, you will absolutely want to listen to this episode. So let's hop into it. Anker, long time no talk. Thanks for coming yeah. on the podcast. Excited to be here. Okay. Well, you know, we've had conversations about a number of topics over the years we've talked about kind of lessons you've had as a second time founder, how to think about uh, wealth preservation um, and wealth building tactics as a founder. But I know something that you're super passionate about in general, but especially right now as you build carry is taxes and personal finance as a business owner. Um, I feel like there are so many ways that you can take this. So mm -hmm. I guess kind of to tee it off, my question for you is, let's say I'm a first time founder or in my case, as Alex Lieberman, a second-time founder who didn't pay a, a, attention to a lot of things related to personal finance and taxes the first time around, what is the foundation of things I need to understand to be smart around taxes and my money? Yeah, I think it's interesting to first like look at the tax code, right? The tax code is this immensely complicated beast. It's growing by 150,000 words a year, which is which is insane. How do you even know that? <laughs> <laughs> it's part of, part of our pitch. It's part of our pitch. But yeah, you look at a graph of like the tax code complexity, it's growing up. And Wild. while while you look at that and you're like, wow, this makes my life worse, the reality is most of the additions are actually things that help us. And when you look at the tax code and you, you kind of see what it incentivizes, very early on, you see the US tax code incentivizes owning a business almost above everything else. There's more tax benefits to business owners there's some, so many things, and I'll give you some very specific examples soon, that result in business owners paying less in taxes. So the first sort of overarching piece of advice I have for everyone is, even if you have a full-time job, consider starting a side hustle because nothing will give you more tax benefits than having your own business. Can you make that tangible? Why is that? Like, what does that look like in practice? So I'll give you two very easy ones. This is just at the top of my head, which is just like, you're always better off as a business owner than not. One example is as a business owner, you get something called a QBI deduction, which is a 20, automatic 20% deduction on your income right there. It's part of the Trump Jobs Act in 2017. There's some nuance to it, but 20% right off the top. Another simple one is if you, if you live in a high tax state like New York or California or whatever, you used to be able to deduct your state taxes from your federal return. But if you're not a business owner, you're capped at only being able to deduct $10,000. So if you live in California, have, make half a million bucks a year, you're paying $50,000 to the state, but you can only deduct $10,000. But if that same income was business owner income, it would flow through your business return and you'd get the entire $50,000 deduction. That's just two quick examples right there, both of which mean same exact setup, 
meaningfully less tax for business owners. And do you have to have a specific formation of business, business type in order to be able to do this? Is it LLC, but not C-Corp? Every business type has its own benefits. So for instance, what most people end up doing once they get to about 100,000 or more in net income is they choose to either set up a an S-Corp or they set up an LLC and make an election to be taxed as an S-Corp. And what that does is it bifurcates their income into a salary they pay themselves and business owner profits. And the business owner profits are taxed at a much lower rate because they don't pay Social Security and Medicare taxes on that. Interesting. So just out of curiosity, let's. Just, I'm just going to use me as the example. I get a salary from Morning Brew right now. I have an LLC with this new business that I launched. Don't take a salary from that. Am I able to get 20% off of my Morning Brew income because I have an LLC or no? No, but if Morning Brew employed you as a consultant and that was business owner income, you would. Got it. And the other big category of things is another great example in that example in that setup is a lot of people know you can deduct business expenses with a business that you can't if you're an employee. But a very big one is if you have a dedicated home office that you use specifically for your business, you can proportionally deduct that from your rent or mortgage. But let's imagine you are working from that same home office at your W-2 job, you can't get any deduction for that. So it's a very clear example of how all these business expenses make a huge difference um, when you have when you are a business owner. Wait, so I can deduct the off if I work, I work in my office in my apartment every day. I can deduct mm -hmm. this office, the value of this office against mine and my wife's rent every month. Correct. How does or it actually mortgage. work? How do I do that? So theoretically, and this is if you have a business and you're using this office just for you know work for this business, which most people you know say they do, you would take the proportional square footage. So let's say, I don't know, let's say it's 300 square feet yep. and your house is, is 1,500 square feet. Yep. It's, let's say it's 20% of your house. You can deduct 20% of either your rent or your mortgage. Also, also pro rata, 20% of cleaning, utilities, all of that right there. And if you're a W-2 employee, you can't do that. That's just one of many examples of you know be benefits you have. Another crazy one is you can actually rent your house to your business for up to 14 days a year and pay no taxes on the income. It has to be legit. It has to be for like a meeting and offsite or something. But literally, you know, income from one hand into the other and a massive tax saving. That's so wild. Okay, so I feel like there's so many directions that we can go with this. But let's just say and maybe you already covered it, but like, let's just say again, I'm a first time founder. Um, mm -hmm. And let's just say, uh, I'm just going to use a, an easy example. Like I own a consultancy or an agency and I live in New York um, and it's mm -hmm. an LLC and I haven't done any sort of tax optimization. Yep. yep. What are wh what are the first one, two or three things that you would do if you were me or you would look into? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So the first thing I would look at is how are you incorporated? And because that determines the structure that best suits you. So if you have this kind of business you describe, and let's say you're making over $100,000 in net income is when I would consider setting up an S-Corp. It's funny you said New York. New York is the one exception, in which case it may not make sense if it's New York City, because New York City levies an additional tax on S-Corps. But in most other cases, like at $100,000 in net income, you're saving about $5,000 with an S-Corp election, making some assumptions behind that. But that's that's one big one. Two, I would look at all of your, I would audit all of your expenses. Think about, again, you know, if there's a home office, 
pro rata, like pro rata deduction there. Think about all the things that we could put on as a business expense is, is a big thing. The third category is this, and this is a broad category, but if you have a business, you can pay for the best benefits yourself. The biggest one of which that I feel the strongest about and started my company on is called a solo 401k, which is the best retirement plan in America because it has the power of a corporate 401k in terms of having large limits and all of that. But since it's a one-person 401k plan, you can set it up to do whatever you want. You can invest it in any asset class you want. You can put in up to $66,000 this year, $69,000 next year, and get that entire amount as a tax deduction. Alternatively, you can do something called the mega backdoor Roth, which puts it all into a Roth account. You can then invest it in real estate, startups, crypto, stocks, ETFs, whatever. It's just like the most powerful thing you can do for your retirement. And because it's your business, you can do that. Same with health insurance, same with any type of benefit. You, you know, you're in charge. You can pick the best. Super interesting. And just a few clarifying questions on the first two. So you talked about above $100,000 in net income, other than if you live in New York City, because New York City has this extra levy on S-Corps, you would elect mm -hmm. to be an S-Corp because you're going to end up saving money by electing as an S-Corp. The actual process of doing this, like one, creating an S-Corp and electing to file taxes as an S-Corp, who do you involve in that process? Like if I want to actually go do that, what do I do? Yeah. So again, the reason I pick $100,000 instead of, say, $80,000, the math actually may work out even at $80,000, but your savings aren't big enough where I typically think you want to be saving thousands of dollars to make the additional cost worth it. Typically, at S-Corp entails payroll, so you would have to use a service like Gusto or something to pay yourself a W-2 salary. And based on who's doing your taxes, you want to get them involved as well. So it is more annoying, which is why, you know, 100,000 onwards, you're saving enough money, it's definitely worth it. There are some, you know, personal finance thought leaders and gurus that will say at 70k, you want to do it 80k, you want to do it. I tend to I tend to think the juice is not worth the squeeze at that point. But at over $100,000, it's almost always, you know, a $5,000 ish saving, which is meaningful enough. Got it. And then on the second one, which is like, you start thinking about personal expenses that you can deduct as a business expense. So like my office space, or you're even saying like utilities pro rata to the square footage of my place. Correct. So plus, I like, plus, I mean, the other thing to think about is what your business is on makes a huge difference. A lot of people tend to start a side hustle and something they're passionate about. So for instance, I have a friend who's a travel creator, all of their trips are paid for, right? So that's also where things get super interesting is you can think about what it is that you're passionate about like and you can then deduct that like i know i i know you like to play golf right so theoretically if you start teaching golf lessons if you take other golf lessons those become tax deductible since you're taking those lessons to be better at your business so, so there's a lot of optimization you can do around that got it but just using that example let's say i have the consultancy let's say i'm in new jersey greatest state in the world mm -hmm. and yeah. um i want to be able to deduct my home office as a business expense, do I basically just keep track of that and end of year when I'm filing for taxes with my business accountant, I just let them know basically what these expenses were? Yep, exactly. And what I do, it's not possible for your rent, but for other business expenses, I try and keep a separate credit card or bank account just to keep it clean. You absolutely don't have to. Legally, there's no reason you can't do this all on your personal return and like audit every expense. It just becomes super painful. So you want to be doing that and be good about that and just makes your life so much easier. Makes total sense. Any other tax strategies that founders should be aware of? Uh, a great one, if you have a one-person business or a business, like this wouldn't work for our startups because there's other shareholders, but if you're the only shareholder, 
I know people just killing it with credit card points. Like if they spend money on Facebook ads or if they're in a construction business buying materials and they're putting it all on a credit card and paying it off responsibly in a way that there's zero debt, they're basically traveling first class for their entire family for free forever. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's another fringe benefit that a lot of people don't think about, but really adds up for a lot of solo business owners. Yeah, that was actually like the biggest thing in the early days of Morning Brew. Uh, yeah. I remember we had the Chase Inc. card. And at the time, Chase Inc., I believe, had 3x points on ad spend. Mm-hmm. And yep. you know we got to a point with Morning Brew where we were spending $500,000 a month on paid acquisition. Yeah. And it was like the greatest <laughs> yeah. thing for five years. Yeah. We never yeah. paid for any travel. And then yeah. One of the downsides, uh, you know, very happy with selling the business, but one of the downsides is I have no idea where those points are now. Yeah. Yeah. No, as a, on my startup side, we always chose cash back just because otherwise it's yeah. like a weird founder benefit. But any business I have, credit card points are massive and I've gotten very good at optimizing them and, you know, flying anywhere and all of that. Love it. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. One last question for you, unless you have also, I feel like you could rattle these things off all all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Feel feel free to share any others. You tell me when to stop. (laughs) I mean, we can we can keep going. And another one that I think makes a lot of sense for people who have real physical businesses is to think about buying the real estate attached to your business. And I think the big benefit there is you can start using the depreciation on that real estate to offset business profits. So it's pretty crazy, right? You can buy the building your office is in. That building will depreciate a percentage every year. You can take bonus depreciation to get a big tax write-off and it comes against the profits that you can actually then just retain. So that's pretty very, awesome. very powerful one. Yeah, yep. I, I actually know um, a founder who I was talking to he, for the first time ever because they have a ton of excess cash in the business. They have no idea what to do with it right now. For the first time ever, he's thinking about buying the office that they're in. Yeah, no, I think it makes... Again, we talked about how being a business owner is one of the most tax advantage things you can do. The same way real estate is probably the most tax advantage asset class. So the combination of the two is very, very powerful. Totally. Um, anything else? Again, I mean, you tell me. You tell me when <laughs> when to stop. I mean, I I can literally keep keep uh, okay. going. Go- well, I would say what it. Uh, I'll I'll ask for one more, and then I will stop. Um, I would I'll say a big one. A big one for people to look into is tax credits. So for us as a tech startup, and this is great for startup founders as well. If you're contributing to any kind of innovation, you get something called research and development tax credits, R and D tax credits, and this can be up to six to eight percent of the salary you spend on people who are actually building this innovation. And for us, we're a tech startup, we're not profitable. We still get to use these tax credits to offset our payroll taxes. But again, it's something you should ask your accountant to look into because every every business owner working on anything innovative gets this. I love that. Um, obviously, you are like as deep as one can go in this stuff, but I feel like it can be very overwhelming to to founders um it can feel super complex like like you said people generally aren't reading the full tax code mm-hmm. yep. if if you other than listening to this podcast like where should founders be going to get 
quality information on how to think about doing things in a tax efficient manner for their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, this is literally why we built our business, right? I mean, the whole idea behind Carrie is all of these things as business owners, frankly, Yes, I nerd out about this, but there's no reason you should be thinking about this. You should be out there building your business and focusing on growing the best possible business. So again, I mean, you know, we provide a lot of this stuff. And in general, I think there's a lot of really smart people on Twitter, really good CPAs that are that, you know, get this stuff. And it's important to get the right personnel here because a lot of this, yes, you potentially could DIY, but it's not worth your time as a business owner. You have your own business to run. So getting the right team involved, if not using a service like ours, I think makes sense. Love it. So we'll link to uh, to uh, your website for Carrie so people can check out content that you guys have put out there. We'll link to uh, your Twitter because I know like a lot of your content now is talking mm-hmm. through these strategies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are there any people off the top of your head you'd also recommend people follow on social that you find to be really informative? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Mitchell Baldridge is a great one. I mean, he's someone I've learned so much from. Um, there's uh, there's someone called Sean Gates who runs a lot of our VIP programs. He's also a great follow. Uh, people like that are just, you know, know their stuff super well. And again, if you know who to look at, there's a lot of good information out there. Love it. We'll link to those two as well. Ankur, thank you so much for the time and uh, all your valuable insights. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founders Journal. As always, thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next episode. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.